0: to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. We're here with Dr. Wayne Dyer and we are changing up the uh platform a little bit today instead of discussing addictions, Dr. Dyer has decided he wants to talk about what is on his mind for the day. so let's just see what happens Dr. Dyer, welcome to our program.
1: Thank you, thank you so much. It's great yeah, um rather than just having a specific theme every week and sometimes we will sometimes we will, it's all actually just a free flowing kind of thing that we do anyway and uh, and we'll be taking calls and uh <clears throat> but uh, a lot of things just hit me uh while I'm uh, I'm working, particularly when I'm writing, working on this new book, on uh, changing your thoughts and changing your life, on living the Tao. But um, I just discovered something that was, that's was that been very troubling for me for the last uh, oh, two or three days since uh, Saturday or so. And I, I, just, I, I know it's the kind of thing that uh, gets to a lot of people, so I thought I would just share it with you. It was just, uh, without going into the details, uh, back in June of 2004... Uh, some financial things were done, uh, in my, uh, in my, uh, portfolio and so on that I didn't have any awareness of. Uh, I wasn't notified and, uh, it was, uh, it, was, it wasn't like anything was stolen or anything. It was just used in a way that I didn't approve. And I, I just found out about it on Saturday morning. So that's two and a half years. Now, for that entire two and a half year period, I uh, I was absolutely fine. Nothing was upsetting me. I was, you know, it was, it went, went, in, in terms of uh, investments and so on. And then I find out this information, and I all of a sudden go into a a state of being upset being angry being hurt being down feeling like i've been betrayed feeling that uh, people haven't been, been telling me the truth people were making decisions without consulting me all of these kinds of things and as a result of contemplating those things and getting feeling myself getting a little bit sicker feeling myself getting weaker in the chest feeling uh, you know uh, having difficulty breathing sleeping all the kinds of things that happen when, uh, when we process or when we, when we find out information about things, now you have to keep in mind this because it's a very important concept. I used, to, uh, I used to do this all the time when, when I was a counselor for students in, in a high school, uh, and they would come up and they would be upset about uh, something that they had found out that somebody had said about them. And I used to ask them, so what do you think is, is upsetting you? And they'd say, well, the fact that she said this about me and she said that about me, I said, but before you knew about it, I would say to them, before you discovered what they had said, and they said it two weeks ago, um, so it had been said and out there circulating for two whole weeks, and you just found out about it. So the fact that they said it didn't bother you, didn't bother you, one week went by, two weeks went by, you were fine, it and it's still been said about you. Now you find out about it, and now you think that it's what they said that is upsetting you, and it isn't at all. It's what how you decide to process the information, the events, the things that come into your life, that are either you know making you you know are are consistent with what it is that you want for yourself in your life or they're inconsistent and they and they're uh, things that you wouldn't like so the first thing to do when you discover information uh, that is upsetting to yourself is to ask yourself this really really important question which I had to do over the weekend and it wasn't and I spent maybe 12 14 18 hours in a state of uh, being being pretty perplexed and pretty upset and and until I began, and I, and when someone that I talked to about it said, well, what do you think is making you upset? I said, well, look at the way I was treated. Look at the way they acted. And they, and did it hit me. But that happened two and a half years ago. And it didn't upset me at all. So it wasn't what they did. It wasn't the, the, the things that happened back there. That were so upsetting to me. It's what I have decided to do with that. Now, I can do an awful lot of things with that. And one of the things I can remember is that I don't have to process that in such a way that it is going to cause me to be nervous, to be upset, to have a shortness of breath, to have a heart attack, to get, uh, you know, to not be able to sleep, to not eat, to any of those kinds of things that we do. And to go within and ask myself, what's the best way? for me to maintain my equilibrium to stay in balance to feel like i'm a healthy human being and still take in this information and uh, and so that that's the first thing you do the second thing you do is you don't put the responsibility for how you're feeling on anyone or any event or anything that is external to yourself you put it squarely on yourself and you say now I have a choice here, and I can choose to process this, and I can do this with it, and if it's already done, there's nothing that I can change about that, and and I can get myself into a rational place where what Albert Ellis used to call rational emotive thinking, where you understand that you become what you think about, and your thoughts are really that which uh, uh, are the cause of the emotions that you have in your life, and if you don't want to have things that are emotionally upsetting or disturbing or hurtful to you, what you want to learn how to do is to process it in such a way that you stay within a state of equilibrium. And so on. And as soon as I came to that awareness, that it wasn't what happened and what other people did uh, two and a half years ago that upset me, it's what I am doing now with that information, and that I am in, ch- in charge of, that I'm in control of. Uh, and you know what? That, that works for so many different things. It's like somebody goes out there and says something bad about you or does something that uh, you don't like, and, and you find out about it later, and you immediately think that it was them, that they, that they have to change, and they have to stop that behavior in order for me to feel good, when in fact they could have, have a bullhorn, and they could be going through all the neighborhoods talking about what a jerk you are. And if you don't know anything about it, and you decide <laughs> you, to, to, not, to be oblivious to that, uh, and you don't hear about it, They can say those things all day long. I used to have a favorite example that I would use with with my young students, particularly when they would come in and they'd say, "Well, uh, my friend told me, you know, called me ugly or something." And I said, "Well, does that does that make you ugly?" And uh, the the young woman would say, "Well, no, it doesn't make me ugly, but I don't like hearing people." I said, "Well, supposing uh, she had said instead of saying that you are ugly, supposing she said you're a car." You know, she just came in and just one day said, Well, you today you're a car. Yesterday you were ugly, today you're a car. Would you be a car? And she said, Well, of course not. And I said, Well, what if I put you down on all fours and took a gas pump and, and 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 stuck it in your ear and start putting gasoline into you? Would you become a car? She said, Well, I could never be a car and I said, And you're never anything that anybody else decides that you are. It's always within yourself and just wanted to share with everybody out there listening that it's like uh, these are the kinds of things that, that uh that go on in our lives that happen and we have the ability to stay in balance, to get ourselves to a place where we process it in such a way that it is healthy to ourselves, where we let it go, where we meditate on it, where we get quiet, and we realize that it happened two and a half years ago or two and a half minutes ago. It's just as over and your life was fine until you found out about it. So what you find out about, you can either make it work for you or against you. And that's kind of what I wanted to share with you today. And a lot of people will have, I think, calls and concerns about that. What do you think about that?
0: Oh, me? yeah. You know, all these ideas were springing up in my mind, like ignorance is bliss. That's not what you're saying, though. No. That's not at all what you're saying.
1: No. No, ignorance is bliss is, um, is is just saying, you know, well, it depends on how you use the word ignorance. I think the word ignorance is bliss. What it means there is that to stay to stay ignorant, uh, that is to to not be aware of things that are going on out there that other people are saying about you, um, lots of times the, your your best strategy is to just not pay attention to that, to not put a you know not to put uh, too much emphasis on it. On the other hand, if an awful lot of people are saying a lot of really terrible things about you, you might want to look at what is causing you know what are you doing out there to cause people to react that way as well. Yeah. But You're- the key always the key, summer, is that that you have the capacity to not allow it to immobilize you, to depress you, to get you upset, to raise your blood pressure. You can bring all of that back into equilibrium by just reminding yourself, I am doing this to myself rather than it's being done to me. That's
0: right. I am creating my own attachment to this junk out there.
1: So let's see if we can open up the lines. Are, the, are there people calling? Is anybody awake today? No.
0: <laughs> what if I said to you one day, Nope, not a single
1: person. That'd be out all right. Then listening. you and I would talk. That would be fun.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. Or a I'll fun just hour. go
1: meditate. <laughs> or I'll go find out who did that to me two and a half years ago and beat them up.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, you know that's not the case. In fact, we've got Betty on the line from Houston, Texas. Betty, you're our first caller this hour. What's going on in your life? Wow, this is great. Hi, Betty. Hi, how are you
2: doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing?
2: I uh, Not so well. Everything well, let's fix that. I know. And, you know, you just hit home right now with what you were saying because that just happened to me. Everything that can happen has happened to me. And I'm thinking, okay, we are the creators basically of our own lives, the way I feel. Uh-huh. How can I create? This that just happened to me. This just things that are happening to me. Financial hardship. I mean, hitting rock bottom. Just almost. How? What am I doing? I know your thoughts. Let
1: Lea. me share, let me share it with you, Betty, because okay. you know what the way that you are phrasing it and what you are saying is exactly <laughs> what I was just speaking about. Yes. You know it's like you it, you have to think not so much in terms of changing your behavior to stay in balance. I have a new book out called Being in Balance. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's some very, very good things in there for you. it's a it's a uh, what called a hardcover puffy back book. it's I don't it's not very much money, but I think it would be something really good for you to have. Okay. But instead of thinking about changing your behavior or why is this happening to me, you've got to think in terms of alignment. Just give real briefly, what is going on in your life? That's, uh, um,
2: that's everything that I feared has come upon me. And I'm talking about financial hardship. I've lost my job um, three weeks ago. Right. And um, every single thing. And I'm just wondering, how did I bring this on to myself? Because we are the author or writer yeah. of our own
1: it's, life. You know, that's not a good what question is, to ask yourself. Well, how did I bring this on myself? The question to ask yourself is... Uh, uh, how did I get vibrationally aligned with this? Okay. Because you know, when when accidents happen, you know, like um, for example, you're driving along and somebody smashes into you. You can't say to yourself, "Well, what did I do to br- to bring this about?" And then go around, you know, feeling guilty about you know having accident thoughts or so on. Uh, what you can ask yourself is like, um, how have how did I allow myself to become so so aligned with the kinds of things that are continuing to show up in my life? And what can I do? To unalign myself from that, and to to put my attention and my energy and, and you know and all of all of my uh, inner forces uh, to work at uh, at reversing it or or whatever. Right. T- take them one at a time. Take the, like the job. The, lo- the losing of a job is is one of the great spiritual experiences of your life. I mean, truly, it, it's very hard to see it when it's happening at the moment. Almost everybody who does lose a job or they get fired or whatever, they think to themselves, "Isn't this awful? This shouldn't have happened." And then they discover through a period of suffering which you you want to try to eliminate that uh th- this is this was almost the universe's way or god's way of saying you know it's it's time for you to leave this place and okay. and you won't do it voluntarily so uh we're going to take care of that for you i don't know if that resonates with you or not
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah.
1: Because something good is going to come about of that. In the Tao, it teaches that in all misfortune, hidden in all misfortune is good fortune. Okay. The Tao teaches that the the, the, the nature, that, that being in tune with nature, your own nature and the nature of, of the universe that you're in is important. And nature can never can create a storm that, uh, that doesn't stop. It doesn't just storm, storm, storm for eternity. Hidden in every storm is calmness. Hidden in every misfortune is good fortune. And the reverse, hidden in every good fortune, there is something that you're going to construe as misfortune. But it's the cyclical nature of the universe for these kind of things to happen. So um, so that misfortune that you think was just so horrendous and so difficult has buried deep within it some very, very good fortune that's on its way to you, especially if you align yourself with that idea that it's on its way. Okay. The second thing is is the financial thing. I mean, that's one of the hardest ones for people to get, and it's to me one of the uh, one of the great perplexities is why so many people don't change around. Y- you are coming from a, a a lack mentality, a shortage mentality. You yeah. said everything that I feared has come true. Yeah. Why would you spend your energy, your time, your precious present moments of your life? Fearing something like financial catastrophe coming into your life. Why, why would you I, do that?
2: I, you know, that's what I want to know. Why? Why would I do this to myself? Why do I, Is it because when we were younger, we were, we were not, you know, well to do? Is it because that's where I'm comfortable? Going back in my conscious or unconscious, I don't know. Well, it's certainly a learned. It's there. certainly
1: learned. So wh- wh- wherever it was, if you just recognize that it's something that 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 you do and that's going on, that when things are going well, yes. uh, you you know you don't think that you des- for some reason you don't think that you deserve that or the universe can support you in continuing this or whatever, and your attention immediately goes to. Um, it'll, I'll probably lose it or I'll probably, things will collapse or the investment will, will go sour or whatever it might be. Immediately you put your thoughts on that and then you become a match to that kind of thing and you start seeing it showing up in your life and and it isn't like there's a cause and effect thing there there's uh, there's a there's a misalignment there so what you want to do in those moments betty is to catch yourself and say no the 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 uh, what i am anticipating is that 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 god is going to send me the right people the right events the right uh, circumstances the right opportunity the right job Right, whatever it might be that is on its way that this is coming and it's on its way in fact it's already here I just have to align myself with that and you you have to become almost like uh, you know like Pollyanna or something you know, where you just have an absolute knowing that uh, that good things are here and you're going to connect to them
2: okay I need I, I de- definitely need to do that and do something right away because I, you know, I'm thinking, what thoughts am I thinking about, and why? Yeah. Why do I?
1: Well, people... you might have. If you grew up in poverty, you know, there's a lot of people who grew up in poverty who never who never let let go. I mean, there's stories told of people who lived in in Europe during World War Two who uh, were were like survivors of you know terrible famine, and then they come to this country and they become very wealthy. They're millionaires, and uh, right. when they go through their things well, after they die, they find food stored away in in different closets and uh, in drawers and so on because they never can get past that. Idea that there's there's going to be a shortage that's going to take place. It's it's almost ingrained in us.
2: So by by being aligned or, or trying to get myself back on alignment with this. Yeah,
1: and I would do. What about the job situation? I mean, what have you done? Anything? Have you, you? I know that you know that something good is coming because you got because you lost that job.
2: Right, right. Oh no, I'm I've been going. I mean, I have been faxing resumes. I have a lot. I'm I have every skill there is.
1: So, so it's on its way. It's coming. It's There's on its some, way. some great opportunity. It's oh, gonna come. Yes. It's gonna to come today or tomorrow too. You watch and see. Something, Thank something you so really much great is gonna
2: I, happen. I actually something
1: said good's that. gonna happen to you. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. I've actually woke up this morning. I said, you know what? I'm taking back my life. This is not gonna happen.
1: There you go. There it you go. That's And now. that is that is exactly how you'll shift that energy.
2: And, that's and I was
1: up being in balance. I'd like, you, I'd like you to have that.
2: Being in balance. Yes, I was reading your Ten Secrets for Success and Inner Peace. That is uh-huh. a great little book that I read a lot.
1: Yeah, well, this is a book just like that, only okay. it's called Being in Balance. It's nine okay. principles for changing habits, you know, to get habits yes. that are matched up with what you desire.
0: Yes, okay. Okay.
2: Well. All right,
1: sweetheart. God bless you. Namaste. Thank you so
0: much. Thanks. All right, Betty, you take care. Well, Dr. Dyer... I think we can continue on now. Let's go up to Canada, where we have Eric in Toronto online, too. Eric, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Eric. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Wayne. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Um, uh,
0: well, I'm I'm 37, and here I am going through the afternoon of my life. And uh, the thing is, I've uh, tried to come up with things I'd like to do in my life. I left the job about a year and a half ago and uh, consulted with my and saying it's on its way, I know it, nothing can stop it. And now uh, I seem to have a lot of people that have uh, come into my life to try and help with uh, generating ideas about Uh what I'm going to do next. Now it's an
1: information overload. Yep. And what do I decide to do? Which, who do I listen to? Or can well, it is, it's like going, it's going to the store and trying to buy something for a headache. You know, but you know, you have to find out whether it's the front of your head, the back of your head, whether it's uh, 50 milligrams or 200, whether it's extra strong, whether you know. It's like you're right. Choice overload is everywhere. Even buying orange juice. My God, there's four thousand yeah. kinds of orange juices that you can buy in the morning. So uh, yeah, I don't know who's actually here to help, or if they're just passing through, or you it know, doesn't matter. You know, what, what yeah. is your name? Eric, Eric, yeah Eric, it doesn't matter. It's like it's uh, what resonates with you? What is the thing that just really I mean, it's like if you just take away all of the chaff and just say to yourself, I, "What resonates with me? What is it that seems to be a, a, a vibrational match to what my internal knowing is uh, what I'm doing here? I mean, at this time in my life, right now and 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 forget about um, you know who's saying what to you or what's coming you know, all of that kind of stuff it's just it's uh, it is you're right it's the perfect way of saying it. it's just choice overload mm-hmm. uh, you have an unlimited number of choices and you might need to take 10 15 of those you might just need to experiment with them and then suddenly something will hit you it was like my deciding to what book i was going to write about this new book that i am just, just finishing up now on the Dow. Right. And I wasn't sure. I, I was, uh, you know, my publisher wanted me to write this, and I've been thinking about writing something else. And I've been, and it's like all of these different choices. And then this thing came up with the Dow, and you know what? It hit me over the head. I almost started crying. It was so, it was so powerful. And I knew when I called my publisher and I said, this is what I have to do. Uh, and I, I've spent one entire year just totally, completely invested in it. Uh, and it's, it's been totally, completely life changing experience for me.
0: We've got Nancy now in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Nancy, welcome to our show.
3: Oh my goodness.
1: Hi, Dr. Dyer. Hi there, beautiful. How are you, I'm Nancy?
3: Fabulous.
1: Good.
3: Fabulous. Listen, I, I heard you talk from the moment that, you know, I heard, when the moment uh, the, the show started, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is the perfect day for me to call because I always, you know how you said you felt when you found out about what happened two years ago? Yes. Well, my problem is not manifesting because, man, can I tell you, I'm good at it.
1: <laughs> Are you really? Well, then really? you should be talking to Eric up there <laughs> not, and uh, Betty. Not,
3: just, not but but it doesn't seem to work for the things that I really, really want. Like, you know, <laughs> I'll say to myself, you know what? Like, when I was younger, i always say I'd have a boyfriend, and I didn't really like him, and I didn't have the heart to break up with him. So i say, you know, I really wish he'd meet, like, a really nice girl.
1: And Uh then I'd I'd have a
3: reason. And sure enough, like, the next week, boom.
1: You could do it for somebody else. Oh, (laughs) my goodness. And,
3: you know, I even did it a couple times when, I moved back to um, Philly. I was away, and I had a car that I really liked, but I didn't really like it. It was kind of over, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't need it anymore. And I thought, you know, it would be great if this car was stolen. It was kind of saved me the trouble.
1: <laughs>
3: it was stolen. And then so you I left won. the
1: keys in the car with it you running out in of the all. bank? Not <laughs>
3: at all. And then the next, like, I bought another car really quickly, and, like, you know, a couple months later, I kept saying to my family, I don't like this car. It would be great if this one was stolen, too. The valet stole it. Not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> I mean, the stole valet stole it. The
3: valet. Like, I mean, I was like, what am I? And I was all upset. And I thought, what am I upset about? I said I want it. I said right. I wanted it to happen. <laughs> but that happens to me all the time. But well, what's problem, happening
1: that doesn't work?
3: Well, my problem is, like, whenever I really, really concentrate on something or really want something to happen, it doesn't seem to. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just inundated with negative thoughts. And, it, of course, it's always about money, and, you know, I'm a single girl, so it's always about, you know, men uh-huh. or whatever.
1: But, Let me um, ask you this before okay. you go on any further. Let's supposing it's uh, the middle of uh, January in Philadelphia, and, um, and you go outside and you say, uh, would you say to God or the universe, would you say, you know, I'd really like to have some uh, some flowers uh, blooming in my backyard right now. Would I say that? Yeah, would you no. say that? And the reason you would <laughs> really? say that is because, I mean, you know that flowers are going to come, you know. Eventually. You, yeah but 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 everything works in divine timing doesn't it Yeah uh, and so it's like you know you cannot you can't rush the river you can't push you can't push the uh you know the, the Tao. you can't do that uh we like to think that we can yeah. let's, let's supposing you planted uh, you know some seeds uh you know and then the, the, the 3 days later you said look where are my tomatoes uh you know and and it would almost as if the Tao could speak to you it would say you know just hold on just <laughs> just be patient, live in a, in a in a place in a way within yourself that you absolutely know that in the exact d- divine perfect timing that okay. is going to arrive I got you. The, the problem that we have is that we, we we get our egos in the way and we yeah. think because I want something uh, and I've decided that I want it next Thursday at at two o'clock and I want it to show up exactly this way and all of that. Um, but uh but uh, but you know we have to remember that everything that we w- that we desire that we put into a you know out out there into our consciousness is is a part of who we are as well and 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 you can, you showed up here on this planet in the exact divine timing yeah. you're going to leave it in exact perfect divine timing I'm
3: the most impatient person on the
1: face Yeah, so, so, so patient i mean one of the things that the Tao teaches i've, I've uh-huh. been talking about the Tao a lot because i've been living it for the last year and writing about it every day yeah. uh... one of the things that it teaches us is that uh, there is a there is a perfection to all through the coming and going of all things there's a perfection to it yeah. and once i get really uh, Totally understanding this, I stop. I stop I stopped pushing the river. I stopped trying to tell it what it to be, and just say, you know what? I'm totally peaceful. One of my one of my very favorite people is Byron Katie. I had her on my show not too long ago, and I did a, a, a series of uh, I did a workshop with her and all of that. One of the things that she says, which is really great, she says that insanity can be defined as believing that you must have uh, that you need what you don't have. <laughs> Now think about that, that. You, that you need what you don't have. Uh, because the truth is, you don't need what you don't have because you've already proven that you don't have it, and you're fine. You, you're breathing, you're alive, you know. So so you want to get past that idea that because I, I need it or because I believe that I have to have it, that it has to show up now, it doesn't have to show up now, or it might not even show up for 19 more lifetimes. I mean, you've got to be totally at peace and trusting god or trusting the doubt to provide exactly on schedule what you need all you can do is just become a vibrational match to it. And how, that, how, do
3: you, how do you stop the negative thought? You know, like when you're in the middle of something. Like I woke, woke, woke up you know, in the middle of the night thinking, oh, my God, this is going to happen. And when everything's under control normally. But just in the middle of the night seems to be the time when I you know, wake up with the, like the cold yeah. sweats and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. That's and
1: interesting that you say that because I think darkness does that to us. And uh, one of the best things that you can do at a moment like that uh-huh. is to get out of bed Put as many lights on as you possibly can in the house or even go outside and go for a walk in the moonlight or whatever and just watch and see how it's the darkness that we are so afraid of because we think that darkness means you know that things aren't gonna happen and bad things can be there and bad spirits are lurking there and so on. And always I don't know if you ever noticed, but the things that you just were so consumed with in the middle of the night, and so when they you wake away. up and the they sun is out and you look out and you think, What the hell was I totally so every, worked up about over every that time. Was, yeah. Every time. That I mean, that was my experience, even with what I talked about here at the beginning of the show. It was like, yeah. and I was there, laying there in bed, it was 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and going over this, and how dare they, and who could do that, and what, what, you know, I get up the next morning and I thought, What was all that about? You know, everything's fine. It's not. It's not that big a deal. And it's like, so, so give yourself some light, some inner light, and even some outer light. Just get up, put the lights on, walk around, and notice that the things that you're terrified of in the dark, in the face of lightness, in the face of God, in the face of light, it's one of the things that Saint Francis says in his prayer. Saint Francis, where there is darkness, let me bring light. So that when you're about to bring light into a dark room, you don't have to warn the darkness or anything. All you have to do is bring light to the presence of the darkness, and not only does the darkness disappear but it gets converted to light. Wow. So you light a candle in the middle of a dark room, and what was dark suddenly becomes light. You've, je- you've made a conversion. That's one of the easy ways time. to go about doing it.
3: I'm going to try it next time I have a, a yeah. panic attack. You're
1: not <laughs> going to ever light. have a panic attack again. <laughs> Thanks a lot.
3: It's Thanks, awesome Nancy. Talking God
1: bless to you. you. You too. Thanks. Thanks,
0: Thanks a lot, Nancy. Well, Dr. Dyer, we have a question here from Kevin in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I believe it relates to children.
1: Okay. Kevin,
0: let's see what you've got to say. Welcome.
1: Hey, Kevin. Hey, how are you doing, Dr. Dyer? I'm doing great. How about you? <laughs> my wife talked to you last week. In Albuquerque? Yeah, Bonnie is my wife. She... Okay, I remember, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, my question is, I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, uh, that's great. My question is, um, how do you raise your children uh, to be enlightened in a new way that we've learned, like through, through your books and others, Deepak Chopra? But how do you raise your kids like that? And coming from the, my background, like, was not was not a good childhood. You know. Uh, what I mean? Uh, well, first of all, let me. Uh, for, I, I wrote a book about this years ago. I, I wrote a book about raising self-actualizing children. It's called, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, how to get what you really no really uh, want. Uh, what do you really want for your children? I've written so many books, I don't remember my title. <laughs> uh, what do you really want for your children? You can find it in paperback just about anywhere. But you know, to answer your question, I think the most important thing that we can do in raising our children is to is to stand back and let their let their natural nature take over as much as possible. Which means, of course, that you don't uh, you know you don't let them play in the freeway or near a, a swimming pool unattended when they can't swim and things like that. So with natural precautions, but all the rest of it, it's to remember the words of Khalil Gibran in the Prophet. You know your children are not your children. They are the products of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not for you. So you can ha- you can have all these children that you want in the world. They're not yours. They uh, they don't they don't they don't come here for you. They have a nature, and if you can allow that nature, whatever that nature is, with with, with a minimal of interference. And this is what I'm talking about in. In, uh, interfering when they're arguing or interfering with, with their schoolwork or interfering. It's like just, just gently kind of giving them a an example of somebody who's operating at a high level but like if you you know not taking away uh, their opportunities to fail at things and not uh, not sheltering them from every experience in life allowing them to become who they are are were destined to be and always having uh, being able to convey to them a sense of I have complete and total confidence in you you'll make the right decision
0: To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.